How's it going everybody? Welcome to episode 61 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your intrepid host, the titular Stacey, and I feel like I need to forewarn you that I've been drinking amaretto neat from a tiny Donatello glass, so I feel quite, quite rosy. It's quite warm in here. <clears throat> and joining me in the parlour this month is, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say he's a parlour regular now because he's, this is like his, what, third? Third, third or one, third time? Third time. Yeah, man, yep. get in. It's the return of the Sam Thiers. Did you enjoy that little intro? Yeah. Big fan of that song as well. <laughs> oh my God, I love that song so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost stressful to me how much I love that song. Like if I hear it, I'm just like, whoa, where's that coming from? I need to go and dance. There's an episode of Parks and Rec where Aziz Ansari's character Tom lists off his like, um, no, oh no no's list, mm-hmm. which is things that he'll dump a woman if she's got. It's like, <laughs> Oh, no-no's list. Doesn't love 90s R&B. And I was like, yes, Tom, I'm 100% with you. And my fiancé looked at me and was like, hmm, 90s R&B, you say? And I was like, shut up. You love it. <laughs> yeah, you love it. And if you don't love it, you're going to say you do. <laughs> Otherwise, this yeah. is over. Hey, I love that song. That's one of my go-tos at karaoke. My go-to is Anything by R. Kelly at karaoke. Okay, I can accept. I've got like a, okay, I want to know your karaoke top three. My t- my oh, see now I've said top three but I can only think of two that I always actually go to and mine are Stay I Missed You by Lisa Loeb because that's a good one to like really give some emotional welly to and then Kiss from a Rose by Seal because it's the bomb. So I go for it's a, it's a real tough choice between our Kelly songs because Ignition is good. It is good. Bump and Grind I know all the words to off by heart so I don't need the screen so that's good. Uh, it enables me to perform more. Uh, I want to go to karaoke always, with you now. <laughs> I always do Gold Digger by Kanye West. Oh, I love that song. And I do the hip hop bits and I get someone else to do the singing bits. <laughs> I do uh, that with um, Dance With Me. I I always do the Dizzy Rascal bits and get someone else to do the Calvin Harris boring bits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think, I can't remember what I would have said is my number three. But probably something that's 90s R&B or hip-hop or something. I was just going to say, I feel like if people knew what either of us looked like, they'd be like, why are you choosing these songs? (laughs) You can't pull this off. (laughs) 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 
I, uh, I'm quite excited because I'm going to a karaoke uh, soon because Rich won a competition to get two free hours in a karaoke bar. I feel Excellent. like, yeah, I feel like there's going to be some embarrassing videos surfacing online at some point. Well, put them straight in the pop culture parlor group. Yeah, so only for so that everyone who is listening <laughs> can exactly know what's happening. Did we cut out there? I don't know. Yeah, if it's recording, who fucking knows? <laughs> oh well, I guess we'll find out on the recording. Yeah. <laughs> if not, it's been a really fun chat. So. I should probably update the listeners who are very, you know, very intrigued to know what I'm doing with my life. But I did get engaged at Christmas. the The hardest part has been planning the exact replica wedding from How I Met Your Mother season nine. The most difficult part is finding a venue that will accept us for twenty weeks mm-hmm. to really stimulate, uh, stimulate, uh, replicate yeah. the exact drudgery of that entire final season, and also just arranging with my fiance for it to have a really terrible ending mm-hmm. she's not really on board for it are you also going to have a ring bear because that's going to be you're going to have to check that with the venue as well i think i think it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission when bringing a bear <laughs> into a wedding venue <laughs> oh sam I wish we could talk more about how much we both hate How I Met Your Mother's final series, but I feel like that's well documented on the internet now. <laughs> <laughs> I decided that I, I thought this joke up in advance, I'm not going to lie, and just like <laughs> chuckled to myself and was like, must get this one in, must shoehorn this one in. It's become like a running theme now. If you ever come back on, we're going to have to try and somehow get another reference in, really shoehorning it in. I'd like to be on the episode that is in eight episodes time. No reason. Right. Not numerically relevant. Would that be after the wedding or? No, no, just the one after episode 68, that one. I'll be in that oh, one. Oh, yeah, that sounds pretty perfect, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Why did I not put that together in my own head? Hmm. I was hmm. going to mention it earlier when you said it was episode 61, and that probably would have got it for you. Yeah, it probably would have. I'm quite dense. Like you've got to give, <laughs> you've got to help me out with these jokes. You can't be too smart. You did. Okay, this isn't relevant to any of the listeners, and it may get cut out. But you made a joke on something in the Parlour Facebook group the other day, and nobody, nobody will explain it to me, and I still don't get it. <laughs> it's really distressing. What what joke is it? Let's have a look. <laughs> I can't remember. It's from like a good few weeks ago now, but you've made some sort of joke and I literally responded, is this a joke? I don't know what it means. <laughs> I've asked like six think... or seven people and they're like, I don't know. I'm like, no, you've got to help help me. Help me. <laughs> I'm going I'm going back. Uh, no, it's not that comment. No. I should probably I look. What it was in reference to. This is where I insert the uh, Spanish flea again, isn't it, while we both look it up on Facebook? Here we go. Hayao Miyazaki's retirement is officially over. And right. my joke is, Stace, it's spelt Hayao because the tagline that you've made for the post is Hazar and Hazar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> Sam, that's so shit. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. I can't believe I've I been think... agonising over that for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should leave this in the episode. Uh, 
I think you should leave it in, including the time where I have to spend looking for it, just so that all the listeners can be as disappointed in themselves as I was. Once, as soon as I clicked comment, I was like, oh, God, no, I've done it now. You know you can delete them. Yeah, but, like, you know, once you put something on the internet, it's always there. That's what they Ooh. tell you about naked selfies. That is true. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I'm a little bit broken now. I'll have some amaretto. That will definitely make matters better. <clears throat> what a great way to start the show. I think so. A, ref- a reference to something that only two of us are really aware of. <laughs> oh, hi, Barry. Oh, shit. What? Oh, your cat, right? My cat's coming. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it threw me because I, you know, obviously I know someone called Barry from Geek Syndicate. And yep. I thought, what's Barry doing in the house? I forgot the <laughs> cat's called Barry. I was like, this is just, you're just taking in like stray podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, you know, shit. if he ever needs somewhere to stay and he's stuck in Somerset, I'm sure I can put him up for the night. <laughs> oh, on that note, shall we talk about some actual pop culture? Yeah, I'll let you go first, ladies first. Um, ladies, where? Ha <laughs> I made a joke about how unladylike I am. I went to see Logan, Sam. That's a really good movie. It is. It is a really good movie. I was um, marginally disappointed because we went to see it as a preview and we didn't know at the time whether or not there was like a post-credit scene or whatever. So we hung around mm. for eight minutes of credits and then there wasn't anything and I felt a bit silly. Yeah. I waited for a post-credit scene as well and I saw it well after it came out. I just didn't Google <laughs> it. Well, see, the, the worst part of it was... I wouldn't have felt so bad about hanging around for those eight minutes if me and Rich hadn't spent the entire time judging the people leaving, going to that. They've never seen a Marvel movie before. But do they not know? Do they not understand? Like, God, they're so stupid. They're going to miss out on all this awesome, like, extra biz. Even though we both know that none of the little stinger scenes are ever really any good anyway. <laughs> I feel like they're sometimes good in the actual Marvel movies, but all the X-Men ones have been shit. I don't know. The Marvel ones, I always feel a little bit like, Ugh, couldn't you have just stuck that in the film somewhere? And then I wouldn't have had to have waited 10 minutes for something that wasn't really that worth it. <laughs> and you must have loved Ant-Man, where they actually did put that scene in Civil War. <laughs> the, end, the end credits teaser for Ant-Man is a scene from Civil War. <laughs> it really is. I um, th- th- See, I didn't mind with Ant-Man, because I felt like Ant-Man was a good length movie as it was, and I was excited to possibly see more Paul Rudd after the credits, because I love me some Paul yep. Rudd. But... Um, most Marvel movies, it stresses me out a bit because I feel like the films are too long to begin with. And then the fact that I have to hang around longer for like 30 seconds of possible garbage, <laughs> I just get really <laughs> cross about it. Anyway, that's nothing to do with Logan. Sam, what no. did you feel about this movie other than that it was good? I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Did you love it? I did. I um, I don't think I loved it as much as everybody else did. Um, I definitely think it's not perfect because a lot of pe- like critics, when it like came out were like oh this is like the best best movie that's ever movied in the history of movies and i'm like okay <laughs> that's a high bar <laughs> um <laughs> and I, like i do think again i think it's a film that's a tiny bit overlong could have been shaven in a couple of scenes i can't believe i just tried to stifle a burp and then burped when i said the word haven because i can't edit that out now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what you do is you just start again and you go shaving in a couple of scenes and then you just cut the whole thing out yeah but that's effort eight. so <laughs> like and the other thing that bothered me and this is possibly just me because i'm weird i thought the kid who played x23 oh yeah there's going to be spoilers for this guys many many spoilers um i think the kid that played x23 was really really good um but i think the other kids 
I really wanted them all to die. You know, and they were all like terrible bargain basement actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was like, uh, you know, we've got we've we've blown all our budgetary wad on making Wolverine's claws finally look like they actually belong to his body, and having Hugh Jackman <laughs> just being there prettily putting his tank top on, and uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, being amazing. And then they just went, oh, I could do with a couple of kids. And it's like they just picked them out of, like, a shopping centre or something in America and went, you just fanning about on a screen for a little tiny bit. And, like, during that fight at the end, I've never wanted kids to die more in my life, and that's a really harsh thing to say. But I was just like, oh, God, they're all so irritating. But other than that, oh, man. And, actually, I will say, I do think the score was really, really weird. Really weird. You know, there's... like, it's very western Yeah, but, like... But also not in some places. Like, you know that scene where they're first leaving the little hidey out that they've got that's like a... I don't even know what it's supposed to be, really, but it's like a safe place to keep Xavier because he's oh, going... the, the water tower. That's the one. When they're first leaving there and they're having that sort of, like, car chase with all the, uh, all the, all the baddies, there's this weird bit of music going on that's quite dramatic, but then occasionally sounds like somebody threw a bag of angry cats at a piano. And, like, it's so weird. And, like, I literally started looking around the cinema, like, am I the only one hearing the pianos? Like, this is really odd. And Rich looked at me and I was like, what's going on with this music? And he just looked back at me and he was like, it's weird, isn't it? I was like, thank God someone else is hearing it. I thought I was just being a really picky arsehole. But other than that... Uh, (laughs) I I will say that I didn't hear it. Okay. I want you to watch it again. I pay less attention to... (laughs) watch it again at some stage no I can't now <laughs> you can never watch it again ever no it's a really good movie no. I really liked it even Stephen Merchant who I'd normally want to smack in the face with a wet fish was uh, you know bearable which is good mm. which is very good did you notice that they had a uh, a Caliban in X-Men, X-Men Apocalypse set in 1973 no I didn't because that movie was garbage and I'd mentally switched off like 10 minutes in <laughs> I was like, when's Oscar Isaac's going to be on screen? I love Oscar Isaac. That was my whole reason for watching that movie. It's disappointing, isn't it? You know, at best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I talked about it's, it's it on very... the show, but like me and Rich watched it, and it was literally because it was on the telly, so it wasn't costing us anything. And we'd both just been like monging, staring at our phones for like an hour, and I'm like, come on. Let's just put this movie on and see what it's like. And then we both sort of got to the end and went, ugh, why do I love so seriously? I, yeah, but Fiona and I, so we've got a really tiny little country cinema that's about half an hour's walk from our house that's £4 a ticket. So I go to the, yeah, I know. I go to the cinema way more now. It is just like watching a a movie on like five plasma screens that are like taped together. But like, (laughs) it's it's better than, you know, waiting for Blu-ray and having it spoiled for you, which is what I usually do or used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we went to X-Men Apocalypse there, and I like turned around when we finished, and was like, that was just aggressively mediocre. Like, <laughs> really trying hard to be absolutely bang average. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's certainly not um, anybody's best work. <laughs> no. But yeah, so Logan's really yeah. good. Hugh Jackman is a bit really brilliant in it, are you? Yeah, he's fantastic. I was super impressed with that whole movie, to be honest. I was because I'm not a huge X-Men fan anyway, and I, the last X-Men movie was shit, and all the Wolverine movies have been shit. So I was like, I'll just see this one whenever. I mean, it's been it's got a few good reviews, but I only really pay attention to Empire, and I was like, Empire gave it a decent review. I'll see it eventually, 
And then literally three of my friends text me in the same weekend, all saying, have you seen Logan? Can I talk to you about Logan? And I was like, all right, maybe I should see it. Of course, all of my friends had now seen it, so I had to go see it by myself because Fiona refused to go with me because she was like, no, we're saving for the wedding. I can't frivolously spend money on X-Men movies. And I was like, all right, understandable. Uh, so yeah, I went to see Logan by myself. The row behind me in the cinema, two of the men in, the, in that row cried like loudly so yeah I, I i got quite emotional as well i had a weird one with that because um a friend of mine uh who i consider to be quite a manly man as in i wouldn't expect to ever see him cry unless like i don't know someone really close to him dies yeah. like you know emergency crying situations where it's you know socially acceptable for a man to cry he put up a picture of himself on Instagram in floods of tears and he was like well that's my face at the end of Logan holy shit (laughs) and I was like oh god like I'm I'm gonna be a state in this movie but I wasn't I wasn't as bad as I I didn't cry cry I definitely welled up a bit but I think and this is where we're getting into major spoiler town I think people telling you beforehand that they cried means you absolutely know that Xavier and or Logan were gonna die. Yeah. Like like I like and I thought I thought it was probably gonna be Xavier more than it more than Logan just because of Patrick Stewart's age. Um yeah. you know, I figured he's probably not gonna be knocking around in many more X Men movies. But yeah, so I think the impact was a bit less on especially when the movie starts with him like coughing and spluttering and stuff and you think oh he's like legit dying yeah like he's you know th- th- this movie's ending in one particular way anyway so yeah i didn't i wasn't crying crying like i thought i might be given everybody else's reactions yeah but it did like even though i knew it was coming it did definitely hit me but and i think it's the um the little sort of makeshift burial that the kids give him yeah. when x23 turns the the cross into like an x on top of the yeah that was exactly me that was it for me yeah. as well i was like oh Oh shit, that's super sad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I lost it a little bit there. I was like, oh no. Because I thought that was what they were going to do at Professor Xavier's grave. Like, when they bury Xavier, I'm like, oh, they're going to put like a cross down and then Wolverine's going to be like, no, and turn it to an X. And I was like, that'll be a really good, really powerful moment. And when it didn't happen, I was like, oh, so Logan's going to die. Okay. Like, I literally, <laughs> at that point, was like, ah. Uh, this means Logan will die. So yeah, how did you feel about X twenty four? So I thought that was really good. It was kind of a cop out villain, but the yeah. the, the CG was really good because mm. I guess they just put less the, aging makeup on Hugh Jackman or more regular makeup. Yeah. I think the um, the effects in this movie were really good because I do think it's the first time that Wolverine's claws have looked like they belong to his hands yep. uh, and that they could also kill a person and they don't look like little plastic forks you'd get at a picnic. Hmm. But I was a bit sad and only because I'm a, a weird fangirl that it wasn't Sabretooth. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, do you know what? This is, pre- this is pretty cool, but I, wa- I kind of want to see Sabretooth just like, even though I'm assuming he's dead from all the business that happens to all the other mutants, but that would have been a little cool throwback. Yeah. Um, I kind of love Richard E. Grant, even though he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> It's just it's Doctor just Exposition. Place. Yeah, yeah, just hamming around the place. They couldn't because I do like that's another thing. Sorry, go on. They couldn't do Sabretooth because Lee Schreiber is so busy doing other movies. All the movies mm. Lee Schreiber's been in, he just just too busy. I don't know. He was in that remake of The Manchurian Candidate in like two thousand and nine, probably earlier than that. That's definitely recent. <laughs> oh, he's oh, Ray didn't... Donovan. 
Of course he's busy. He's in that TV show, Ray Donovan. Is that still a thing? I don't know if it's still a thing. <laughs> I'm Googling Lee Schreiber. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought you might be just from randomly shouting out things that he's been in. <laughs> so you've got some sort of Lee Schreiber Tourette's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. The, when it goes known but known for in Google, the first result is Ray Donovan, and the second result is X Men Origins, <laughs> and it's the fourth result is the Manchurian Candidate remake that I was talking about. Brilliant. I mean, I shouldn't laugh because how many films have I been in? But um, <laughs> I, do you know what? I didn't mind X Men Origins Wolverine. It's not as bad as everybody makes out it is. So you can all shut yeah. your heads. <laughs> it's a weird trilogy of movies though isn't it the little Wolverine trilogy <laughs> yeah I was thinking about this after Logan and I was like I kind of want to watch the ball one after another but I don't think I could get through the Wolverine again yeah that's such a weird movie I really enjoyed it at the cinema and then I tried to convince Rich that it was worth watching so he was like right fine so we tried to watch it at home and after like an hour nothing had happened and I was like oh I remember this film being less boring <laughs> shall we watch something else <laughs> So, so Liev Schreiber's done very little. He was in Spotlight, which is a great movie. He was the voice of um, somebody in BoJack Horseman. Uh, oh, really? I've just yeah. watched all of that. I binged it all this year. Oh, it's so good. I lo- yeah, I did the same thing last year. I did, but watched all of it. I basically had been like, oh, BoJack Horseman looks shit. And I watched the pilot and was like, this has confirmed everything I thought about BoJack Horseman. And then people kept talking about it, so I watched the rest of it and was like, oh, this show's the best. I love it. Pretty much what I did. Like, so many people told me, you will love this. And I was like, oh, it looks a bit shit, though, doesn't it? And, like, mm. I think it might have been the first couple of episodes me and Rich watched it. And we were like, well, it's not, it's not great. But, like, this was at a period of time when a lot of um, TV shows had, like, gone on hiatus for Christmas and whatever. So we yeah. were like, oh, well, we've got nothing else to watch. Let's just bung the rest of it on. And then by, by about four episodes in, I was like, Rich, don't you dare turn this off or I will murder you. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix keeps going, are you sure you're still watching Bowjack Horseman? I was like, stop judging me, Netflix. Yes, I am. I yep. am a couch potato and proud of it. That didn't happen to me while I was watching Iron Fist and I watched all 13 episodes in a row with maybe two half an hour breaks. Is it that good? Uh, was it so, that terrible? <laughs> you couldn't take your eyes off it? <laughs> no, I I really, really, I, I liked it a lot. Okay. I think the, the big problem with Iron Fist and the problem with the reviews, which has really fucked it over, to be honest, is that the first three episodes are really drawn out. Uh-huh. Um, basically, as you would if you think, you know, if a billionaire turned up in, from the middle of nowhere, everyone would be like, no, I actually don't think you're this person you're just a faker or a con man. And he spends like three episodes trying to prove that when, I mean, I think the problem with it sends all the way back from the first season of Daredevil was a perfect fit for 13 episodes. Like there's yeah. no lulls. There's no shit moments. It's just great. But that what, what they did was they set a precedent then that every series was 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. And so they contracted all these people, Iron Fist and Luke Cage uh, should have both been 10 episode series. In my opinion. I still haven't finished Luke Cage, and I haven't started Iron Fist. Yeah, I think you might have to sell me on Iron Fist, because I find him intensely boring in the comics. And then the fact that I couldn't make it through Luke Cage, and he's a character I find marginally less boring in the comics, has sort of put me on a, I don't think I'm going to bother watching this kind of run, but I feel like I probably need to if I'm going to watch 
the Defenders, which I probably am. You want to other Marvel you, telly things. You want to know like who he is and where he's from, but like they actually don't <clears throat> diverge from the comics at all, really. For Iron Fist, um, he's okay. like his origin is exactly the same. They basically keep all the mystical stuff as far to one side as possible. So mm-hmm. it's like if in Doctor Strange you didn't see any of the magic training or him casting spells. You just saw him interacting with real people in the real world for, like, ten hours. Um, <laughs> like, he does a little bit of spell stuff, you know, and it's like, ooh, that's cool, but you're like, oh, that could also be, like, inhuman powers or whatever. So they don't... Mm. He talks about stuff being magic all the time. He's like, oh, yeah, so I've, I come from this city in another dimension, and in order to get my superpowers, I had to kill a dragon. And everyone's like, right... And he like he goes on like full on mansplaining about like his heaven dimension that he's lived in, and like everyone's like, "You are an absolute mental!" Like, <laughs> complete. <laughs> no one takes him seriously. Like, no one listens to him. But yeah, it's good. It, it is good, and it gets a lot better as it goes on. Have you watched the Man with the Iron Fists, the RZA movie? No. It's a really, really good movie that I would heartily recommend. It's like the most Tarantino kung fu movie that isn't directed by Tarantino. <laughs> Russell Crowe plays a hitman for hire called Jack Knife, and he just <laughs> carries he just carries a knife all the time and just like absolutely murders people and spends the entire movie giving zero fucks murdering people. And, like, it's also, like, fat Russell Crowe. Like, he didn't slim down to be this oh, badass ninja hitman. He's, like, super fat. And there's a great bit where, like, he's in a bathtub with all these geishas, and he's like, oh, here comes the Navy, or something. And, like, he's just, like, swimming through this bathtub. And it's super weird. The whole movie's great. Oh, my God. That sounds so bizarre. <laughs> it's genuinely great. Yeah, so, the, like, Russell Crowe is great in that movie. The Rizzup is, like... Oh, that's Dave Batista or Bautista or whatever. That's his f- first movie role. Ah. He play he plays a ninja warrior dude with a bronze body whose character is called Bronze Body. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> it's pretty good. This the movie like it's it's just you just go in with this very much like I'm here to see what how crazy this movie gets and it never really disappoints. <laughs> But yeah, so the RZA, who directed that movie and is also the star of The Man in the Iron Fist, directs an episode of Iron Fist. And like, the concept of this episode is he makes a deal uh, with the villains of the show. And he's like, all right, if I can defeat your chosen champions, then you fuck off out of New York and I can carry on doing what I want to do, be Iron Fist and whatnot. And so they're like, all right, yeah, that's cool. And they array against him like these colourful weirdo bad guys. And so it's, like, essentially martial arts fight after martial arts fight against super weird, colourful adversaries. And, like, that's the start of it being really good, and it just kind of goes uphill from there. Okay. There's some very some very cool uses of the Iron Fist, like, he's fighting these uh, Yakuza, and they all use axes, like little axes, and one of them just goes for him, and he just uses the Iron Fist to block it, and it shatters. Well, that, there's some cool stuff in it. See, I... 
if the fights are cool, I might be a bit more on board with this than I was Luke Cage, because I've not talked about this on the show because I was scared that people would think I didn't like it because I'm a massive racist, but that's not that's <laughs> not the case at all because I'm not a massive racist. I didn't like Luke Cage very much because I thought there was a lot of talk and no trousers, and then occasionally when there were trousers, it was literally just Luke Cage walking through a crowd of guys and being like, nothing you do can hurt me, you pillocks, and pushing them over. And that's really undynamic when it comes to a fight scene. Like, it's not... The first time it happens, it's like, ah, look what a badass he is, just strolling through. Kill him! Kill him! Uh, But then, like, the fifth or sixth time it happens, you're like, oh, is anyone going to actually have a fight? Like, um, There's, like, there's a really shitty turn in Luke Cage, and, like, I feel like the second half of Luke Cage is actually pretty bad. uh, I didn't like the first half, so... (laughs) is, Is quite weak. Essentially, one guy's like, I've got a bullet that can kill Luke Cage. And then, like, suddenly everyone has those bullets forever, everywhere. Of course. And it's like, it's like in Smallville how everyone had kryptonite. It's essentially the same thing. The show becomes instantly uninteresting. And it it would have been cooler if they'd had the balls to have a character who had absolutely no threat to him and was just worried about the other people in his world. Mm -hmm. Like, Iron Fist is a bit more like that. Like, there, there are some times when you're like, I mean, Danny, you're supposed to be the greatest martial artist that has ever lived. You should be taking these guys down like a random like security guard or whatever. Like, shouldn't have a 20 second fight. It should just be like in slap down. But you know, also, I don't, I, I don't personally feel this was a spoiler for Iron Fist uh, because they came out and statemented it way in advance of the show being out. But he doesn't wear a costume in the show. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no costume. And I don't know, I feel like the one character out of all of the Defenders that really needs a costume is the super famous billionaire. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. I was just thinking about how they could translate his comics costume, though, into like this sort of setting, but not piss off all the fanboys. Cause, mm. And girls. Because... I know there was quite a bit of backlash about Daredevil's costume at first, as though it's not red enough and it's not this and it's not that. And it's like, yeah, but it's also like, it's really impractical when you're trying to be a stealthy guy to run around in a bright red costume with double D's on your chest and and horns and shoes. (laughs) It's really noticeable. Yeah, I I thought that the costume was shit when I first saw it, but I've I've come around because of how it's used in season two. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, because in season one you only see it for, like, that one ten-minute scene, and it looked really pink because of the lighting in that season. Yeah. But it looks a lot better in season two. I mean, like, for me, I can think of Iron Fist, like, they should just go with the current comics costume, which is awesome, which is just an Adidas tracksuit with the Iron Fist logo sewn on the front. Like, he doesn't need armor or patches, like, or weird shit like Daredevil does. Like, he's just a super badass martial artist. This is true. I I'm not reading also, it currently, so I didn't know. I d- like, in my head, the costume's still the sort of big white spandex situation with the, uh, yeah, which wouldn't be, <laughs> wouldn't be a good idea, I don't think. His current costume is the Game of Death tracksuit that Bruce Lee wears, but reversed colours. So, oh, okay. like, dark, really dark green with yellow stripes. Yeah. And he's got the yellow Iron Fist logo on the front. What? It looks awesome. Like, yeah, it's very, cool. like... Yeah, it's very homage to Kung Fu movies, which is where Iron Fist comes from. I only read Power Man and Iron Fist because I have Marvel Unlimited, so I read, like, 90% of what Marvel puts out, whether it's good or bad. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, that's going to be hitting me, surely. Yeah, there's some misses. 
Uncanny Avengers has been terrible for like forever, but I oh, still yeah, read I've every issue. Because I don't have Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I look through my recently read, uh, I'm rereading all of Amazing Spider Man as written by Dan Slott. So, you know, that's okay. the best. Ant Man's great. Uh, both the Iron Man titles have been good. Doctor Strange is good. All New, All Different Avengers is good. I don't think I'm reading any Avengers stuff at the moment. All New, All Different is the one you want to read. That's uh, the one with Ms. Marvel, Miles Morales, and Nova on the team. Okay. Uh, Nova, Nova's all right. Yeah, I'm, so I'm six months behind because that's okay. where. That's where. Um, <laughs> okay, that might. No, I was just. I almost said something then about some of the people you just mentioned, and then thought that would be a massive fucking spoiler if you haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, yeah, Marvel Unlimited is always six months behind, so that oh. you can't just pay six pounds a month and get all of Marvel every month. They they want they want more money than that. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, great. I'm a bit stuck with Marvel and and DC at the moment because. I've got a lot of comics in my to-read pile of like yep. actual physical graphic novels, and then also digital comics. What I have got, I'm having I'm having a hard time deciding what to drop because I've got to a point where, unless I took like a week off work and did nothing but solidly read comics, I am not going to catch up with the amount that I have. So I have yeah. to decide to drop some things. So I'm really struggling That's... there because. There's so many like really good comics, but most of them aren't Marvel or DC. But there's a lot of hmm. comics in Marvel and DC that I know I like quite a lot normally, and I'm like, I really want. Yeah. I want like it could be good again soon, and I'm stressing myself out. That's um that's where I was with comics when I stopped collecting and switched to Marvel Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Like I was like over a year behind on everything. Um, I had almost pretty much stopped reading DC even though I was still buying loads of it. I was buying probably like 20 or 30 books a month. Wow. Um, and just not reading any of them, just literally sitting them in a pile and then maybe catching up on one comic, like two years' worth of one comic. Mm. And, you know, halfway through that, that run would deteriorate or the writer would move off and I'd have bought 12 issues that were shit. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so that that happened a lot. And I was like, nope, that's it. I'm going all digital I sold all my physical comics pretty much. I sold a huge chunk of them. Yeah, me too. I had nine nine long boxes, and I'm down to like nine short boxes. So that may be like half. <laughs> it feels like I sold more than that. Mm. Probably because I had like overflow full in like shoe boxes, yeah, like just in all piles. over my old flat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I switched to Marvel Unlimited, and I honestly, I, I don't, I don't miss much. Um, I still I subscribe to some digital comics that are independent, but I don't miss DC at all, really. Mm. I'd be I would be vaguely interested in reading Scott Snyder's Batman because I enjoyed that, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like I used to love DC, but I feel like ever since the New Fifty Two, it's just kind of been shit. And then the new New Fifty Two. I am I'm trying really hard to think of a DC comic that I'm reading that I could say, no, Sam, you should pick this up, but I can't. <laughs> I really, uh, I really, really want to be positive, but um, I, li- I genuinely cannot think of one. Shit, that's really bad. If if it comes to Marvel, I can talk your ear off about like stuff that's great. Mm-hmm. Like International Iron Man is really good. The, the Miles Morales book Spider Man is great. Spider Man twenty ninety nine is 
well, it's what it is, really. Oh, I hate it's that. It's not amazing. It's not bad. Oh, no, I really hate it. <laughs> I think I read yeah, two yeah. reviews of that, and I was like, that one I'm cutting. I'm cutting it. <laughs> I don't like. I have this really big problem. I think I've talked about this on the show before with um, Future Speak in that right. I know language changes. I understand that. I know we are saying things now that we weren't saying even like five years ago or whatever, but I cannot accept things like shock instead of the word fuck. It's just, like, I know what you're well, doing. What, what the shock are you talking about, Stacey? I'm bringing it into modern parlance. It's happening. I hate it so um, much. I hate it so much. It really makes me cross. Totally, totally 100% related comment. Mm-hmm. In Iron Fist, on two separate occasions, Rosario Dawson's character says, Sweet Christmas. <laughs> Fantastic. I was like, yep, that was pretty great. That would do. Also, she's getting more and more play as these shows go on. I feel like season two of Defenders is going to be like Rosario Dawson is the main character (laughs) and all the other guys are just going to be there. Because, like, she's in all of Iron Fist. Like, there's, like, one or two episodes she's not in. Mm. And, like, when she's in them, for a lot of the time, she is the third main character in that episode. Like... It's her, Colleen Wing, and Danny Rand. Also, Colleen Wing is a hundred Wing even is a hundred percent the best character in that show. Much better than Danny Rand. <laughs> See, this is the thing. I've always found Danny Rand himself to be so incredibly boring. Like just so. <sighs> I can't. I like. I feel like each writer just kind of does their own thing with Danny Rand and ignores everything else that's happened. Because <laughs> like. Matt Fraction's Immortal Iron Fist from the early 2000s is, like, one of my favourite comic runs ever. And it's this super serious kung fu epic, like, drawn by uh, David Aja, who did Daredevil for ages. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, really dark and moody and really cool. And, like, that's where a lot of the inspiration from this Iron Fist show has come from, like, really clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, Matt Fraction and David Aja are thanked in the credits for the episodes and stuff. But, like... Then the current, like, the current Iron Fist and Power Man book, I say the current because I'm six months behind, so I know, I already know that there isn't currently an Iron Fist and Power Man book (laughs) on the stands. So, like, this comic that I'm reading has been cancelled, but, like, it's like a, they're they're treating it as like a jokey buddy cop movie, and, like, but they've essentially made Rush Hour, right? But Danny Rand is the Chris Carter character, the, what's it, I can't remember his name now. Danny Rand is the black guy, and Luke Cage is Jackie Chan. Like, they've flipped the roles on their heads. Right. So, like, Je- like Danny is the zany, happy-go-lucky one, and Luke's like, oh, I should be doing this, man, I ain't got time for this shit. Like, he's kind of become the black cop from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> right. In fact... Power Man and Iron Fist is essentially lethal weapon with superpowers. Like, it's quite comedic. It's like, one of the characters is like the young, cool, happy-go-lucky one. Like, there's a bit when they go to a diner, and like, they're having food, and Iron Fist is sat there in full costume with his mask on. And uh, Luke's like, you know you don't need to wear the mask while you eat? And he's like, yeah, dude, makes me look cool. (laughs) See, I like comedy, is the thing. I don't know about you, but in this current fairly grim climate, I'm, I'm, I'm much more leaning towards things that can make me laugh or make me not think about how crushingly depressing the world is right now. So, yeah. So, you know, so Logan was uh, great fun. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was a really good movie. I loved it. I will say, though, I still can't quite accept Patrick Stewart doing a swear. I don't know if I liked it. Uh, yeah. Um, he went, his first lines were just swear words constantly. I was like, all right, this is where they're going with it. Yeah. I could und- like I understood where it was coming from, but it just it felt uncomfortable to me because I was like, no, it's Patrick Stewart and he's so lovely. Uh, not that lovely people don't swear because, you know, I swear all the time and I'm adorable, but... um. Captain Picard shouldn't say fuck is what I think we should all agree. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's it. One of the things I'm going totally off the topic of both Logan and Iron Fist right now, but one of the things I didn't remember to tell you at the start of this that I wanted to talk about, but I really want to talk about is the little Deadpool teaser. Oh yeah, it was so funny. Oh my god, I almost died. So I saw this. Rich texted me when I was actually out at a march for the NHS in London. It's my first protest. It was well mm. scary, but exciting. And Rich texted me and he was like, it's Deadpool teaser. And I was like, shit, what am I doing in a crowd? <laughs> Fighting for the NHS when I could be watching Deadpool. What? So I watched it on the train home like six times. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, I watched it for the first time on an actual big screen so I could probably, properly see stuff earlier today. I made Rich put it on because we were oh. watching trailers for other things. And, um, oh, God, that movie can't come fast enough if you ask me. I was already excited. Then this little teaser, and I was just like, no, I need more Deadpool in my life. Aside from Deadpool, I think Fox should just cease making all X-Men movies. Yeah, I honestly don't think... <laughs> I'd like Logan's like the capstone. Yeah, you're not going to do grave for that. those movies. <laughs> so they aren't like that. I I think Logan's probably like on the same level as the Dark Knight and that trilogy. Ooh, like for me, yeah. For me, like Logan went from a movie that I wasn't interested in to probably being in my top ten of all time. Wow. I I need to rewatch it. Mm. But I imagine, depending on how this year is going so far for me and watching movies, that, that Logan will probably end up in my top five at the end of the year, unless like a, a lot of hella or some stuff comes out. Because like yeah. I say, even the little niggles that I had with it, like the film overall was so great that like they didn't ruin it for me yeah. or anything. Because there are other films, like um, I keep coming back to this as an example of when I've been crossed at the cinema, <laughs> but Civil War, like I mm. was... I had about as much excitement for Civil War as I did Logan because I've, I wasn't 100% keen on Age of Ultron. And so I wasn't expecting loads yeah. from Civil War. And, but I thought there'll be some cool fight scenes and, you know, whatever. Uh, but that movie was just so yeah. long. And I came out of the cinema thinking that was an absolutely fine story, but really could have been shaved here and there and just tweaked here and there to make it make more sense and i was focusing a lot on the niggles that Mm. i had it was driving me crackers in that movie that like the whole reason this civil war starts is because steve rogers keeps running off with bucky (laughs) like when he could literally just go to the (laughs) government and say right somebody put a thing in bucky's head to fuck him up can we deprogram it or whatever and everything would have been sorted. <laughs> no problems would have been made. But for some reason, they just kept going on the run and making really stupid decisions. And I was like, oh, fucking pleb. <laughs> I don't know if it's acceptable to call Captain America a pleb. But um, whereas with Logan, there were like problems. But I came out of the cinema quite overwhelmingly like, I need to see that again at some stage. Yeah, I mean, I thought with um, with Logan, I, I when I came out, I was like, I'm very high on this movie. This is top three of all time. Loved it, absolutely loved it. I couldn't, didn't see any flaws in it, and I, I know that I need distance and I need a rewatch because I felt like I felt really, really strongly about Guardians of the Galaxy when I first saw it, and then when I rewatched it, I was like, 
oh, this movie does not hold up to a second watch <laughs> at all. Like, it's just a great movie. But, like, I, one of the things that I like about movies is being able to watch them over and over again, because that's what I do with things that I yeah. love. Like, I've watched Daredevil season one four times, like, from start to finish. And, like, The West Wing I've watched through twice from start to finish. The Wire. Like, all my favourite things I've watched a million times. And Guardians just doesn't hold up to that at all. Like, the jokes are only funny that first time. And I mean, obviously, that's just my opinion. And other people have said that they have watched it multiple billion of times every time I mention that. But uh... I think I've seen it twice. And I did enjoy it the second time. But yeah, I, no, I kind of agree. I think um, I haven't... I think the original Avengers doesn't hold up as well no, either. No, I don't either. The first Avengers yeah, movie? No, I don't think it does either. I loved it on the yeah. day, but... Yeah. I, I don't. I, I never get the urge to watch it. Sometimes I get the urge to watch Age of Ultron, and then I curb that <laughs> and just watch Civil War. I uh, see. I haven't seen Civil War again since the cinema because I know, I know that I, I know I won't enjoy it. I'll really focus on things then, and I'll probably be looking for more things to be annoyed about. Um, so I'm just not going to watch it. I'm just going to leave it where it is and try not. It's like I had the same with um. Dark Knight Rises because I remember coming out of the cinema being like oh my god that's how you do Bane and I was like so overexcited because Bane is my favourite Batman villain and um, you know it. <laughs> previously he's only been in um, was it Batman and Robin and he was like literally yeah. just like a roided up grunt that just did whatever Poison Ivy said and it made me yeah. super cross so I was like oh this Bane is like yeah. smart and stuff but then the more I thought about it the more I thought well actually this, this doesn't make sense in his plot and that doesn't make sense and now I'm scared to rewatch it because I think I'll notice that there's a lot, quite a bit wrong with that movie. <laughs> so I've not seen that since the cinema. <laughs> uh, my my, my favourite Batman, in fact, probably my favourite villain in anything of all time is Two-Face. Mm-hmm. So I got the short shrift in Dark Knight. Aww. But, you know, whatever. Uh, still one of the best portrayals on screen. So, you know. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises is my favourite Batman movie. And I would probably put Dark Knight Rises in my top ten of all time. Oh, in Of all movies. Like, I've got an irrational bias towards superhero movies in that list, though. Like, my top ten movies is, like, Superman the movie, Batman, Dark Knight Rises, Logan. But then, you know, four other Chris Nolan films. It's just all Chris Nolan, David Fincher. And then like Superman the movie. Again. <laughs> Just really like Superman the movie. Yeah. Uh, Fiona bought it for me on Blu-ray for my birthday last year, for my 30th. She'd never seen it. And so I was like, we're watching this right now. We sat down and I was like, this is still just as good as it was when I was six. And I obsessively watched this for years. Also, the 70s Spider-Man movies, obsessively watched those. <laughs> I don't so, think I've seen those. Uh, they barely exist on the internet. I will find the clip on YouTube and post it on your wall because okay. it is it is something special. Yeah, I want in to fact, see that. In fact, I'll post it in the parlour group. Do it. Do it. I When I was younger, I was absolutely obsessed with the 70s Captain America TV movie. But if you ask me now what it was about, I wouldn't be able to tell you, even though I know I've seen it like at least 20 times when I was younger. But I've forgotten. I have that on, I have that on DVD. The only thing I remember about it is that he's on a motorbike that he used to put his shield on the front of. That's all I remember. I'm so sure I don't want to spoil. I don't want to like really kill it for you, but the entire first movie of the '70s Spider-Man movies is on the internet on YouTube. Okay, well I will watch that then. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, Southampton Superpod will be in like two or three days. And I'm going to have to have other things to talk about that aren't recent so that I don't spoil them live 
on a live podcast. So that I think that will work. That will definitely work. <laughs> I can spoil things from the 70s. That's completely acceptable, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I'm literally posting a trailer. Oh, no, wait, it's the intro to the show. Oh, dear. In the parlour group. It's it's so good. I could probably still hum the theme tune. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that like not right now, though, because we're recording a podcast and that'd be bad. Yeah, bad etiquette. It is a bit. It stars one of the children from The Sound of Music. Which one? Uh, I think it's Peter, Nicholas Hammond. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know why I asked you, because I don't remember which one's which. <laughs> I think he's the oldest one. I always thought he was the youngest one, but Fiona is much more into the sound of music, so she kind of knew. The sound of music is such a weird one for me, because I remember when I was a kid, like, really loving that movie, but then always getting to a point where it, like, you know, where it completely shifts from a movie about a family, like, a little bit of a scene, into a movie, like, a family on the run from from terrible Nazi Germany times, and, um... So I've never watched it, but don't don't tell my fiancé. Okay, I won't. (laughs) Because I told her I have watched it and I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> Definitely she don't, loves don't musicals. tell her to listen to this then. Yeah. I, yeah, I, like, no. that movie takes such a turn towards the end that I remember when I was a kid I used to get really distressed and then thoroughly bored because I was like, can they just go back to, like, the singing competition and that? That was more fun. <laughs> I'm a terrible child. <laughs> musicals are all right. Uh, I'm, I'm only, I'm not, yeah. uh, hmm. For some reason I'm only accepting of musicals on a stage. I don't much like them in TV mm. and film. Unless they're like, well, I mean, super good. This week is the musical episode of The Flash. Uh, so I'm scared of that. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not scared they of it. They all seem like... good. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I don't know. I just, what am I trying to say? The problem for me with musicals is that it, it, my brain really struggles to buy why people are just bursting into song and everyone knows the dances and the lyrics and whatever, and like. I suppose in certain circumstances, they make it part of the story. So like with this, it will be Music Master. So that's an acceptable reason why that would happen, because he is literally controlling people and things. But like, I hated it in the Buffy episode, because A, none of them could sing, even the ones that are in bands. And that stressed me out quite a lot. And people that try hmm. and come back at me with the argument of, yeah, but the the point is that they can't sit, like, they're, they're real people who have fallen no, into don't do a musical the situation. Then. And I'm like, yeah, but like... I, like I wouldn't pay to go and see a musical about regular people who can't sing, so why would I want to watch it on the telly? <laughs> like that's not. <laughs> and also, the reason that that demon existed was so shitty in the end, and he just like wandered yep. off. I was like, no, I'm not having that. That's not acceptable reason for all this musical bollocks. I'm not having it. I, I think that this one will be done really well. I'm very excited. I uh, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of fallen out with the Flash. Are you going to hit me? Uh, so. I actually think that The Flash is probably the weakest of the four DC shows. Oh, okay. Cause like, I... And has been for two seasons. Like, Ooh. the first season of The Flash is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the, I love all the DC shows, but like, The Flash is the only one where I'm not like, oh, I'll rush to watch this in the morning before I go to work. Mm-hmm. DC's Legends of Tomorrow, however, has a hundred percent usurped that spot and is the best show that they're currently doing. See, now I dropped that halfway through se- well, I say halfway through series one. I dropped it what I thought was halfway through series one and then realised there were only three episodes left, so I watched them. Because <laughs> I was like, well, I'm almost there. I might as well. Um, but I yeah, do, do, do you like Doctor Who? Yeah. Do you think Doctor Who would be awesome 
if it had lots of superheroes that all kind of bicker a lot in it. Well, I do. Because, yes, so that's think... exactly what DC's Legends of Tomorrow is yeah, this but, season. But none of them can act, though, and that's where it drops the ball for me. I think all of them are pretty terrible, except, like, Victor Garber. Victor Garber gets way more play this season. They, <laughs> yeah, they sack not... off Hawkgirl and Hawkman because yeah, they're Hawk shit. Yeah, Hawkgirl and Hawkman were terrible. I don't like uh, White Canary. I think she's absolutely awful actress. Like, she seems really nice as a person, though, when you see her in interviews and stuff, but acting-wise, I'm just like, oh, get off my telly, get off my telly. And why does her hair always look greasy when she's White Canary? Anyway. My favourite thing about the White Canary is that in every single episode they get in a... There's a plot point about how she's gay. Oh, it's yeah. like, I'm going to go back to 1940. And, oh, look, there's a woman who's gay as well. Like, it's not like, it's not like you know, in Arthurian times around the round table, there were just shitloads of lesbians around. Like, <laughs> it was kind of burn you at the stake time. Yeah. Like, yeah. you probably aren't going to just go back in time and start seducing bitches. <laughs> Pardon my parlance there. <laughs> That's all right, I'll let you off. But yeah, so I gave up on that in series one, haven't watched any of series two at all. And I. Oh, it's so much better. I gave up on Supergirl at the end of series one. Now, I tell a lie, I watched the first episode of series two and I was completely out of But Rich still watches that, so occasionally, like, it'll be on while I'm around and it makes me so cross. It's unbelievable. I feel so bad for Melissa Benoist because I think she's fucking amazing and I think she's a perfect Supergirl. Yeah, she's great. But the stories are shit and everyone else is shit and the other characters are just bad and I just hate everything about it. The effects are crap most of the time. I haven't watched Arrow for Yonks either. So Flash is the only one I'm Arrow is very good this season. Yeah, but... Arrow is good this season. Again, though, I don't like any of the other... I don't think... They need to hire people who can act... Like, it stresses me out how bad everybody is. Did you watch Reaper, Kevin Smith's TV show? Okay. Well, that show was great, and it had a character in it played by this Hispanic guy, and he's now in Arrow, and he's good, obviously. (laughs) Everyone loves Quentin Lance, world's best dad, whose children are both dead. (laughs) I just, like, you know, Arrow's one of those shows that, like, I think Arrow's like Smallville for me. Like, I'll watch every single episode until that show finishes. Mm. And I'll, you know, like, I will talk your ear off about how much I love Arrow. But I understand that it isn't a great show. Yeah. This season, however, is the best it's been since season one. Okay. So I think season one and two were the best of that show. This season, they've basically just gone back to season one. Okay. So there's, like, no metahuman shit, no magic shit. It's like Oliver versus an evil version of Green Arrow. See, um, no, see, that's the kind of thing that makes me cross, because this is what's annoying me with Flash. They're, they're all facing yeah. villains who are basically them, but a bit mad. Like, like yeah. I tweeted, when I was watching the last episode of The Flash and they were trying to, like, um, you know, sort of train to get faster to beat Savitar, all I yeah. could think was, like... Barry's... Every episode starts with him going, I'm Barry Allen and I'm the fastest man alive, except for Wally and except for Jesse and except for these three guys who killed my mom and my dad and like do you know what alright I'm just quite quick yep. <laughs> like it's just ludicrous I'm like I really want you to fight a different villain and I want them to stop fucking about with time travel because they don't seem to have a very good grip of it and I want them to stop with everybody being cross at Barry about uh, Flashpoint because um, yep. I hate 
I hate, hate, sad Cisco. I want Cisco back. <laughs> I, I just, I can't. I just don't like Cisco anyway. Oh, like, see, I they could Cisco. cut Cisco out of the show instantly, and I'd be like, all right, nothing's missing. See, no, I absolutely Nothing is missing. him in the first two series because he's very, he's very funny and he's just adorable. He's kind of like. He reminds me of the Nickelodeon version of Michelangelo in the current Turtles cartoon, in that he's just there, really, to do some quips and to come up with some stupid names for villains and then maybe do a bit of science exposition when it's necessary. But that's fine by me. I don't like what they've done with Caitlin this season either. Because why no. are her, why is it only her? I love Caitlin. No, why are they why are they making her powers make her evil? Like it's not surely it's not the yep. powers that make people evil. It's the evilness inside them, and then they get powers and go shit. I can be extra evil now. <laughs> like that doesn't make yeah. any real sense. No, it doesn't. That doesn't really make sense at all. Like I loved Caitlin in the previous few seasons. Oh, like, yeah, me too. I, I was upset. I was upset when Barry chose Iris over Caitlyn. Yes, because that's your sister. And Iris over anyone. Ah, that's <laughs> your fucking sister. It's so weird. Nobody talks about how weird it is. Like, Joe acts <laughs> like it's absolutely fine, but it fucking isn't. Yep. If those were my kids... You were raised in the same house for the age of ten. Oh, if that, this is still weird. If those were, like... And technically, like, didn't Joe, like, sort of technically adopt him? So that is his dad, and that is his sister? <laughs> like, Joe Joe often says, my son refers to Barry as his son. Yeah, a like, lot. All the time. All the time. And it's, it, should be, it should be weirder for him than anyone else. And, like, the episode where Barry proposes, uh... and Joe's weird about it, I was like, this is it. They're finally going to deal with it. <laughs> They're finally going to mention it. And Joe's going to be like, I was okay with it when you were like flirting and, you know, like in a relationship, but I'm not sure my son should marry my daughter. But I was like, no, you didn't ask my permission first, which is a real dick move in my opinion. I have a question about this episode. Yes. I'm definitely going to have to put a spoiler warning (laughs) at the start of this. In that episode, why was Wally so cross about finding out that that Barry had only proposed to Iris to try and save her from getting killed from Savitar because she wasn't engaged in the future where she dies. Because isn't that just Barry trying to save his sister from doing a dead? Wouldn't you be quite happy with that? Okay, so there's this channel of TV in America called The CW. (laughs) (laughs) Every single one of their shows (laughs) is representative, so there's always one gay person and people of colour. You know, it's representative. They have to talk about how young and fresh their ideas are, and everyone is mad at everyone for reasons you wouldn't be mad at them in real life. <laughs> the other thing about that's this the show reason. That, the other thing about this show that's been knocking me as well is um, I have a bit of a thing about unnecessary romantic storylines. In that, if it benefits a character's storyline or if it's like pivotal to the plot. Absolutely fine for characters to get together. I'm not saying that no characters should ever like fall in love. But Jessie and Wally falling for each other to the extent that Jessie would literally leave her entire world behind to hang around on this earth with this Wally made me so inordinately cross. I was like, for a start, why aren't you telling him to come to you? Because obviously, because you're the girl, you're expected to fucking drop everything for this dude. But also... I mean, there's also... There's already a Flash on Earth 1. Earth 2 just has Jesse Quick. So there's just supervillains running rampant on that universe. She's like, nah, fuck it. I really like this guy. 
it's so ridiculous. Like, she was so upset about possibly losing her dad that one time, but now she's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'll leave him behind. Don't give a shit. There's one who looks like him here, that'll do. Like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the, that my distrust of that whole plot line was mitigated a little by how easy it is for them to hop dimensions now. Like, they can literally yeah. just go whenever they like. So she could, she could have a job on Earth 2 and still live on Earth 1. Like, that's how easy that is. I suppose. It still but makes me a little bit cross, though. Also, what does she do on Earth to Earth 1 where she does not exist? She doesn't yeah, have an ID was... <laughs> or a social security number. Like, well, I guess Barry's paying her out of the secret pot of millions that he has because he has Star Labs. He's, surely he's, she's getting Star Labs money because there's no way she's getting an actual job. <laughs> Yeah. Like, also, Barry owns Star Labs and he won't fix the fucking roof. It's been burnt for three years. <laughs> Do you know what I wish? I wish he'd install some toilets in the cells that he puts the supervillains in. That always oh, makes a tube. me sad. That's, cl- that's clearly a thing. They, there's just a tube in there that, I don't know, because they always stand in the exact perfect centre of the cell. There must be just a tube behind them that they all piss and shit in. And I assume the food comes out of it too. Oh no! <laughs> also, like, can we also talk about how the cortex, which is where they all hang out, is on basement level six hundred of that building? So that <laughs> building has over six hundred floors, and we've seen one of them. Ah, I don't like everything about Star Labs is terrible, and they should have sacked it off immediately after season one. But they'd already Please. built that set. I was going to say, the other thing is, as well, it's really hard for them to have, like, a, a place where Barry can go and everybody else is there that that won't look suspicious after a certain point. Like, yep. oh my god, how much do we hate Draco Malfoy in this fucking series? Oh, I actually quite like him. Oh, I think he's so terrible. And this fucking plot line with him and Caitlin getting all... <sighs> I, I why do like that... I do like that he's losing his hair and getting shit. <laughs> I like that Tom Felton looks shit now. Like that cheers me up. That's really mean. Look, I put on some weight and I started to lose my hair, and then I saw Tom Felton was like, "Oh, it's all right. It happens to everyone." That genuinely made me feel better about myself. I was like, "Oh, he looks kind of shit." Oh dear. I do like his uh, all-tweed wardrobe. Like, Giles from Buffy just yeah, was like, I guess here you go. <laughs> that's because that's all us English people wear, is just tweed yeah. upon tweed upon tweed. That that being said, my um, my hubby is going to be a best man at a wedding soon, and uh, said person getting married brought Randy's suit today, and it is a tweed suit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all love tweed suits, right? And as a complete sidebar that's totally related, I watched Kingsman The Secret Service with my fiancé last night. Right. And have you seen that movie? I have, yes. Literally, the first line in that movie is Colin Firth saying, fuck. Like, they know exactly <laughs> what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, also, she point, the, the second we start watching the movie, she goes, Colin Firth's wearing a really shit wig. And I was like, oh, my God, I hadn't noticed. And the whole <laughs> rest of the film, all I could see was his terrible wig. And, like, they CGI his wig to his hair. Oh, no. Like, yeah, it's really bad. Like, watch that movie again. I don't want to watch that movie again. I thought it was crap. (laughs) Oh, 
I've, I've watched it like three times this year. I, I loved it. <laughs> Sam, why do we get on so well? Because we don't seem to like anything at all, like similarly. <laughs> they play Busy Rascal every time he does something chavy. They clip it's That movie's great. <laughs> Oh Samuel L. Jackson plays shit Mark Zuckerberg. Like, you can't go wrong with that movie if you take it at extreme face value. <laughs> and also the action's great. Mark Strong's great. Uh, I'll give you the action is great. The action is great. Although there are some There's an adorable pug in it. <laughs> There's an adorable pug in it. Oh, Sam, you've got to set your standards higher than adorable pugs. <laughs> Look, I've watched both John Wick movies, and I can tell you right now that adorable dogs are 100% of the reasons why from trailers I will see films. I've got to say, I went to see John Wick 2 at the cinema, and I was like, that's just the same as John Wick 1, but I love it. It's so good. It's the exact same fucking movie. They literally don't need to do anything else. They were, they made the same movie again. But in this movie, he throws his gun 100% more times. Like, every time he runs out of bullets in a gun and just throws it at a guy, I was like, yep. this I'll see every John Wick movie that they ever made forever. How many are they supposed to be making? Is it just a trilogy or is this just going to go on until Keanu Reeves dies? <laughs> I hope. Well, I mean, Keanu Reeves will never die, uh, well, so I kind of hope that. Yeah, like I kind of hope that we get like ten of these fuckers. Like they go full Fast and Furious on it. Have you ever seen Knock Knock? Knock Knock. Yeah. Oh, that's the one with the the women that come to his door and yeah. try to have sex with him. Yeah. You told me about watching this movie on a podcast that we recorded <laughs> one time. I'm sure. Maybe it was the last episode of this that we did. I don't know, but I feel like you really need to watch it. Or did just this one scene? I'm going to put that in the parlor group in a bit. <laughs> it's such a good scene. <laughs> such a good scene everybody in the facebook group will just be like what is happening with sam and stacy this evening (laughs) (laughs) it's so good (laughs) have you have you seen the trailer for the new fast furious movie (laughs) i'd said to rich that i was going to put it on and uh, take a shot every time they use the word family but i'd be too mullered by the end of the trailer (laughs) (laughs) you literally would I love those movies so much. I've only seen too like fast two of them. Few... Oh my god, you've missed out so much. Like, what you need to do, and uh, this is a sad thing for me to say because I'm physically telling you to watch two very bad movies, but watch all of them. Watch them all in a row. Like, I watched three Fast and Furious movies last weekend. Fast and Furious 1. Too Fast, Too Furious, which is one of the worst movies I have ever physically seen. <laughs> and Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which is 100% one of the best Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> directed by Justin Lin, who we all know is the best. Oh, that movie's so good. Fast Five is oh, so man. good. I don't know which ones I've seen, because Rich went through... You know, he did that... Um, uh, the movie A Day. 366 yeah. movies last year, yeah. And so he was like, well, there's like seven movies I can just watch. <laughs> um, and I think I only saw two of them, but I don't remember which two. I think I might have seen the last one, because it had a really lame ending with Paul Walker, and they were like driving off into the sunset side by side and stuff. I'm not kidding. That was, was like, that made me more emotional than Logan did. <laughs> I'm watching that in the cinema and I'm like, because he's actually dead. So I was like, oh, PW, 
I'm so I'm sad. Like I genuinely I welled up to the point where a single tear rolled down my face at the end of Fast and Furious Seven. Oh and the other guys I went with, one of them full on cried and the the other one like had his fist clenched like I'm kind of loving the fact that movies are making people cry and, and not be ashamed of it, you know? Because yeah. I hate the fact that people are... Because I cry at stuff all the fucking time and people are always like, oh, you're so fucking shit. Like, why are you so lame? And I'm like, I'm not lame. This is genuinely emotional. You're and like, they're like, everybody's Paul, crying at Logan. It's all so about like, ah. family. <laughs> but I've got to say, though, the trailer for this new one confused me because, like, they always bang on about, like, family and how they're such a tight-knit family. Yep. And then this whole film seems to be about how one of them just decides, do you know what, fuck it, family is shit. No, <laughs> like, the, the just twist goes, is... Get, like, starts trying to kill them. The twist <laughs> is clearly going to be that Charlize Theron knows where Brian and his wife are and he's threatened their lives. And that's why Paul Walker isn't in this movie because they, she's they're kidnapped by Charlize Theron. And then Vin Diesel's gonna have to, he has to be evil in order to save the debt to, because she's got his family or whatever. So it's all about family. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of Charlize Theron, have you seen the trailer for Atomic Blonde? Yes, I have. And it looks like John Wick, but with a blonde chick. And I was like, yep, I'm in. Sell me that ticket. <laughs> I was going to say, I was watching it and I was like, oh yeah, I'm in. And then I got to the end of it and I was like, I don't... see, the, the problem is, is that I feel like I might be being a bit of a bad feminist. <laughs> because because the, tra- the trailer to this movie, he's like, look at this woman do badass fight scenes. And then all of a sudden it's like, guess what? She gets naked and she kisses another woman. And it gets really like aggressively sexual for a trailer. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. and then I was like, well, no, don't judge because Stace, you know, lesbians are allowed to have sex too. It's fine. And then I got all up in my own head about what I was supposed to think about this trailer and then I couldn't accept that her name was Lorraine <laughs> just, I was like I don't know I'm going to go and see Lorraine. I haven't seen that I missed that yeah. entire thing yeah yeah they call her Lorraine so many times I was like no <laughs> she's not Lorraine that doesn't make any sense but look let's, um, let's get real here the best cinematic moment of all time is in Fast and Furious 6 when The Rock is being like is like under fire or whatever and he's got his arm in a full arm cast, and he flexes out of the cast. He just flexes, yeah. He flexes out of his cast, pulls his giant gun, which is literally the like his gun is like the size of a phone book. It's this huge revolver, and it like it looks like on his thigh, like a normal gun looks on a normal man's thigh. So that's how big it is. He pulls out his gun and goes, "Daddy's home." So. <laughs> Let's just talk about how that is 1,000% one of the best scenes in cinema history. <laughs> okay, so that's one of the ones I've seen then. Yeah. Yeah, when that happened, me and Rich both just went, yeah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I love the idea that he's like, I'm injured, but not injured enough that I can't flex out of this cast. Yeah, and also, Jason Statham is the villain in Fast 7. And oh as they've done with every Fast and Furious movie since 5, the villain then joins the team in the next movie. So Jason Statham Which... is on the team in Fast 8, F8, Fate, Fate. of the Furious. Fate. Such a good name for that movie. That's ridiculous. Rich really, really wants Jason Statham to be the next Doctor. <laughs> Do you know what? Apparently there were like, good ridiculous. odds for that. 
Like there were actually good so odds for it actually happening. Ridiculous. I'm I wonder who's gonna be the next doctor because you know I have who a the... that, that may make make or break whether or not I watch it. Yeah, I didn't like Peter Capaldi, so I'm I will go back in for the next guy. Do you know it's um mm. it's the guy from my family is the number one pick. The bookie's yeah, favourite. If it's if it's him I won't be watching it. I think he's terrible. He's um, just gonna be bargain like based Capaldi. on Matt Smith. Yeah, I quite like Capaldi, but I think I think the problem for him was that he had he didn't have any standout stories like Tennant and Smith did, mm. and he didn't really have much to get his teeth into. I don't think. And plus, Clara annoyed so many people <laughs> that that after a while, I just, every time I watched it, I was just like, "Oh, I hate her so much. I hate her. I hate her." <laughs> I love Clara. So I think that I don't think the writers knew what to do with her after the Impossible Girl stuff got yeah. Uh, Done. And so she's like different in every episode, and her relationship with Danny Pink makes no fucking sense. And like, there's just so much surrounding her that's just crap. Um, and it's nothing to do with her because I think she was she did well with what she had. Yeah. But what she had was a pile of shit. <laughs> uh, like I felt, I actually feel kind of bad for her. But yeah, my, I don't uh, know who I'd like as the next Doctor, but not that guy from my family. Idris Elba. That'd do. Oh and I was no, let's get Colin about... Salmon. Who? Colin Salmon, Walter Steele from season one of Arrow. He's, oh he's, he's this black British actor who uh, has been lobbying to play James Bond for like 19 years. So like when Pierce oh. Brosnan resigned, he was like, I want to be the next James Bond. I think I'd be a great James Bond and it's time for a black man to have that role. And Pierce Brosnan said, yeah, I think he'd make a pretty good James Bond. And he's basically lived, like ride or died on that comment from Pierce Brosnan. And... Uh, Every time someone talks about James Bond, there's like an interview with Colin Salmon where it's like, yeah, I actually think I'd be pretty good at that role. And he's like 55 <laughs> now or whatever. Yeah. I don't, um, yeah, see, I'm not a big fan of James Bond. The thing about the whole Doctor Who thing is that, like, I kind of want somebody who's really, 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 really good. But yeah. then I also think that it's, it's not, um, it's not a show that, that, okay. <laughs> I'm really treading, like, trying really hard not to get a load of people to, like, beat me up on the internet now it's it's not a show that's particularly great in terms of its other actors and its yeah. effects and stuff so sometimes if somebody's really 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 good they stick out like a bit of a sore thumb yeah i also don't want a lady doctor and i've said many times the reasons why but if i did i would definitely want it to be Hayley atwell <laughs> i, I think she'd be really good speaking of Hayley atwell oh what a boss segue so- Get in. <laughs> yeah. So I've been watching <laughs> Hayley Atwell's cancelled legal drama from NBC because oh, it's boy. on it's on the Sky box set system. So the show is called Conviction. Right. It also stars Jimmy Olsen from Smallville, Iceman from the X-Men's brother. And like so the whole thing is she's the previous president's daughter. So she was the first daughter and she like rebelled against the spotlight and the media attention and became like a party girl so like basically constantly she's like getting her tits out and like there's there's a scene in an episode where like her mum is running for office because she's trying to become senator and she sends around some dresses for her to try on and she just tries them all on in the conference room in front of all of her team of lackeys and like <laughs> basically the whole show is like hey that was pretty sexy yeah, let's make her use a terrible fake American accent. That sounds like a great idea. Uh, so it got like 12 episodes and I've watched like seven in the last three days. It's bad. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it to you. It's not a good show. And Hayley yeah. Atwell isn't good in it. Like oh, she's playing the wrong character for good. her. She like I don't know whether it's just me looking at her and going, That's not Agent Carter. Like that's not my peg. <laughs> yeah. But like she like she should be Peggy in all things. She was mm-hmm. great. She should have an English accent, like her American accent isn't great. Like she acts she like she's pulling up the quality of the show by being like treating it like she's treated like, you know, movie roles, etc. But yeah. Like there's some funny bits in it at least. Like there was an episode today that I was watching just before we started recording where um they're filming a documentary about the show the department of the district attorney's office she works in. Mm-hmm. So they're filming her. And she's like talking about respecting the rules and blah blah blah. And then she goes over to the fridge, pulls out a pot of yogurt which has the name of the like of Iceman's brother's character on it, looks at the post-it note, takes the post-it note off and puts it on the door to the fridge, just starts eating the yogurt and walking away. And like it's just this really boss power play move. And it's like also her job was supposed to be his job. But like she like she got caught with cocaine in her purse, and the DA was like, "I'm not going to arrest you. What if you came and worked for me?" And like that's not even the only concept that stretches belief in this show. But you know, <laughs> it's very weird. And like she essentially bullies all of the the other members of the cast. It's oh, quite funny. Wonderful. Uh, I am, um... and she's constantly being sexy. <laughs> She can't help that. She's just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I had heard about this programme, and I can't remember for the life of me why me and Rich decided not to watch it. Uh, because I am such a Hayley Atwell fan. I've got a big girly crush on her. She's wonderful. She's adorable. Yeah. I can't think what... I, look, do you follow her on Instagram? No, I don't. Oh, she's I a, do now. <laughs> she's absolutely yeah, she got wonderful. Because like... she's like basically all of her posts are either her doing something ridiculous like dub smashing or just being a ludicrous mental or really sexy selfies. <laughs> like that, and I'm like, well that's perfect, so... isn't it? <laughs> you're gorgeous and then you're also really funny. But that sounded so creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't mean it to, I just mean, you know, she seems like a really lovely lady. Uh, and she has yeah, an enjoyable she does seem like a lovely lady. online presence. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I follow Melissa Benoist on Instagram, and she's pretty good as well. Oh, I should follow her. I like her. She just takes pictures of her dogs. <laughs> um, I'm not a big dog fan. In that, I think dogs are cute, but I'm terrified of them. So, hmm. yeah, there is that. I'm realising um, the time, and there was there was actually a comic I wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now I'm realising now that I've said that out loud, that I can't really talk about it because it's um, it's like one big spoiler. So I'm just gonna say, <laughs> I read I read Royal City, which is Jeff <clears throat> Lemire, Lemire, someone correct me. It's probably neither of those. Uh, it's his new book, and he writes, draws, and colours it. So basically, the All only right. thing he doesn't do is the lettering. I read it today. Maybe. And I was super cross because I was like, shit, this is monthly and now I don't have a ton more of this to read. Ball bags. Because it's amazing. He's done like a sort of um, essay in the back about what kind of a comic this is. Because he doesn't normally do that sort of thing. But it's sort of like, it's more sort of back to real lifey than like his current very genre stuff. Like it's nothing like Descender and stuff like that. Um, It's very sort of normal people doing normal stuff. But... I would not say it was slice of lifey because the thing that happens at the end of this comic that's a massive spoiler is both 
super intriguing and also hella what like like you just get to the end and you're like oh that's not where i thought this was going like oh it's really good it looks so gorgeous like i could eat his art for dinner it's so nice (laughs) yeah i think everybody ought to read this because i don't want it to ever get (laughs) cancelled That's all I'm going to say about that because it is like super. It's one of these books that just builds up. So what he's really good at, I think, at building things up while sort of like maintaining levels of like you get a bit confused or a bit sort of intrigued, but it never gets to a point where that's frustrating or annoying. Because I was a bit Mm. when I first started watching Legion, I was a bit concerned that I might be like getting so confused and so like what the fuck is happening that I'd just get cross and give up on it. I haven't yet, but I'm Mm. not up to date with it. So. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm still really enjoying that, but yeah, Royal City is very, very good, and I think everybody should read it. So, while we're on comics and we're on, you know, things that you can finish in one sitting because they're done, I would like to recommend two comics by the same author that are both incredible. Okay. Vision. Yep. Marvel's The Vision. Did you read any of that? I've read some, but I'm not at all up to date on it. So it, it's incredible, and it ends really well. And The Omega Men, also by Tom King. That's a DC comic. That's the only DC comic that I've read. I've not even heard of that one. It's super weird. It's about space terrorism. (laughs) Right. Yeah, the main characters are are a terrorist group. And it's like... But uh, Tom King used to work for the CIA. Like, he was a CIA officer. Mm -hmm. So he knows, like, actually how those sorts of, like, terrorist cells work and stuff. And he puts it all into The Omega Men. Uh, the only character that I'd even heard of that was in the comic is Carl Rayner, and he spends a lot of the comic being held prisoner by the Omega Men. Oh dear. It's super weird. It's really cool. There's a lot of... It's like the only thing that I think I've read from DC that's like approached good indie quality in years. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's 100% worth reading. And, oh, one last thing. Samurai Jack Season 5 has started. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Samurai Jack? No. Back in the day. But, uh, no, I didn't. But I feel like I should because the, the sort of advert for this new series is the animation is so goddamn gorgeous. I'm like, I really want to watch this. Like, the, I watched the first episode this afternoon because I knew I would like, I was like, I'll, I'll want to talk about it if it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. <laughs> like, I think Samurai, so I, I personally think Samurai Jack is the best Western cartoon ever made. Ooh. Like, cartoon series. I, I I watched a lot growing up, and I, you know, like a lot of us comic geeks, continued to watch cartoons way beyond my peers, to the point where I was still probably watching them while I was at uni. And Samurai Jack is still, like, hands down, the most interesting, the most experimental, and yeah, it's just great. There's an entire episode around cockfighting, <laughs> so okay. Jack's turned into a chicken, and is put in a cockfighting arena, and he just has to do cockfighting and work his way up through this tournament of ever more weirder and, like, complex enemies from, like, standard chickens to, like, dogs and lizards and robot scorpions. Okay. The current season, so, like, Samurai Jack, like, the whole concept is he's a samurai from the samurai time, and he's in the samurai time, this ancient demon conquers the world, and he can't defeat it. So they're like, right, we're going to send you... And, and the, the demon's like, I'm going to send you into the future when I rule the world, and then there'll be nothing you can do to stop me. 
And so he sends him like a thousand years into the future. So he's this generic samurai, but in like this super far flown future. And like that's the concept for the first four seasons. The season five is set 50 years after the final season, the season four. And like Jack's discovered that he doesn't age because of the time travel. And so like he doesn't age. He can't go back in time and save the world. And because like he's just like he's tried it so many times and failed. And he's just like this broken warrior. And he's like, you know, probably near on a hundred years old or whatever. And it's just like so well done. And the first episode is really depressing. Like <laughs> a lot of it involves him like getting to scenes of Aku's destruction after because he just doesn't care as much anymore about saving lives. So he'll get somewhere and be like, oh, I guess I'll save some people. But then like everyone will already be dead. And like, there's a, there's a scene where he like walks into a town full of dead bodies. Oh. It's like this is really heavy, Cartoon Network. Cream. Like, yeah, the original show's got a bit more humour to it. Like, the first four seasons are quite funny, and I expect that this season will eventually get funny again. But like, yeah, it's it, I I like it takes all the best elements of things that I love and just like puts them all together. So I would. It's on Netflix, I think. So you should just watch the whole thing. Okay. All um, four I seasons. Will. I will. Uh, on that note, I think I've talked mm. about all the things I wanted to talk about. You were going to talk about Zelda yep. Breath of the Wild, weren't you? Oh, I can. Yeah, I, mean, I literally tried to shunt Samurai Jack in because I was <laughs> like, I need to talk about this to somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, the Zelda The Breath of the Wild is a super, super impressive video game. It's, com- it's basically this huge open country and like you're dropped in at the beginning of the game and they're like okay um we need you to get these four magic abilities and once you've got that you don't get like you don't get any single new thing like new tool or new thing like in normal zelda games you go to the first dungeon and you get the boomerang and you use the boomerang to get into the second dungeon and then in the second dungeon you get the hook and use the hook to get into the third one it's very linear breath of the wild like it doesn't even have like it only has four dungeons and they're all super impressive, like gigantic things uh, that have a huge build-up to doing them. The instead of having like numbers and numbers of dungeons, they have tiny little mini dungeons all over the map. They're like one or two rooms, and it's like a, it'll always be like a really intricate puzzle. Like uh, the previous, the one that I just did a little while ago before coming on the podcast was one where you have to get an, an ice cube from one end of the dungeon to the other before it melts down to nothing. <laughs> right. But there's jets of fire coming out of the walls. <laughs> so you have to figure out how to like get along this like obstacle course of flames without melting the ice cube. Right. And then like there's others where you have to like shoot a ball out of a cannon to hit a switch and then run through a door before the switch closes and things like that. Like they're all tiny little puzzles. Uh, and there's 120 of those on the map yeah and each one gives you an orb which when you've got four you can train them in for one more heart for your life or more stamina and stamina is super important because you use it for everything like if you can climb any surface that's not a sheer wall and that takes up stamina running takes up stamina swimming takes up stamina and if you run out of stamina while you're swimming you die you just drown oh my god i was talking to ant i did i I went on to a 
uh, episode of The Next Level, um, and we talked yeah. explicitly about Zelda and all Zelda-related things. And I was talking about how jealous I am of people that get to play this game because I kind of love those little extra details now about things that yeah. potentially, like like in the trailer when you see him start to get cold and he just kills over and dies because he hasn't got a coat. And I was yep. like, well, that makes perfect sense because he hasn't got a coat. And I love the idea of you like, stopping a game to like make yourself a risotto or something <laughs> yeah you're just like shit i need some food <laughs> like yeah of course like there was some stuff the other day where i was like i i like things that you just figure out over time that the game never tells you you can do like i shot a deer with a fire arrow and when i went over to pick up the meat from the deer it had already been cooked because i <laughs> shot it with a fire arrow so i just picked up a steak and was like oh just put it in my bag and like <laughs> Uh, I dropped a fish out in a snowy area and it froze and it became a frozen fish which you could eat to like cool yourself down in hot areas and I was like okay again smart like I roll around with a fire sword and I don't need to wear as many clothes in the like icy areas like all these things that they never tell you you can do and like sometimes when you knock an enemy down it'll drop its weapon it happened earlier like one of the first times I was playing the game I knocked this enemy down and he dropped his weapon and I ran over and picked it up and he just pointed and squealed at me like I was like oh <laughs> great uh, the whole game's just like really well made and really fun mm. it's been getting like perfect scores like all the reviews are like 10 out of 10 98% like 5 out of 5 and I don't know whether I would personally go that far there's issues with it and they're like the controls are shit like, everyone can be like, oh, it's perfect for what you need. And we're like, yeah, but, like, I shouldn't have to click the left stick in to crouch. That should be sprint. That's just universal now. That's that's games. That's how games are. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be pressing the top button to jump. It should be the bottom button. Like, things like that. And, like, the fact that it doesn't automatically equip a new weapon when one breaks and you have to break the flow of the game to go out, change, and come back. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. But, like, aside from that, I mean, like, I I mean, I played it more because I've just bought a Nintendo Switch. So, like, I want to play games on that machine. Yeah. And that's the only game that I have on that machine. But, you know, I wouldn't have put 70 hours into it if it was bad. Uh, and I'm currently hovering around the 70-hour mark. And I finished it last weekend. I'm still playing it all week. So... It's a pretty good game. I was going to say, what I found really interesting about it was what you were saying about the non-linearness of it. Because yeah. I watched uh, a speedrunner like, video where this guy completes it in like pff, a ridiculous short amount of time. Because he pretty much yeah. just like runs around and grabs a couple of couple of things that he desperately needs and then just immediately goes to Ganon. <laughs> it's like, right, yeah. let's have a scrap. I was like, shit, you can do that. I mean, it's it's inadvisable yeah, it's if you so don't know what you're doing. You can do it. But that is kind of great. Although I've got to admit, I quite like it when games lead you around by the hand because I'm crap at games, so I need someone to tell me where I need to go and what I have to do. <laughs> so like, there is like, there are things like they will lead you to where you need to go to make the game easier. Mm-hmm. But like, when I took on Ganon, I was so powerful that I didn't like, I didn't die once. Like, I finished him on the first attempt. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of wish that the game had like hinted that I should fight him before. Yeah. Like, I wish that they'd said earlier on, maybe go take Ganon on. Don't worry about getting the Master Sword and doing all the dungeons and getting high-level armor and gear. Mm-hmm. Just just try it out halfway through. Like, that would have been more interesting to me, I think. Yeah. 
because like I found I found all the bosses in the game to be really easy mm. because I played a lot of it before I started getting to the bosses because I assumed they'd be hard and a lot of the reviews said they were hard so I was like oh everyone's saying that they're pretty hard to beat so what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I've got like you know 10 hearts and like two stamina wheels before I take on dungeons mm-hmm. and like every dungeon I fought was super easy but you know at the end of the day I still enjoyed my entire time with it yeah. and it's 100% worth playing oh I I really want to get it but I can't justify a switch at the moment for one game <laughs> well if you've got a, if you have a Wii U in the house it's on Wii U no, as well I don't we never got a Wii U. That's, that's fair. Because we Nobody the only did. the only game we wanted for a Wii U was a Mario Kart Eight, and Rich was like, "No, we'll hold it and see what else comes out." And then like nothing else came out. <laughs> We're like, "Oh, yeah." What you do is you get your Wii U, you go out get a cheap bargain basement Wii U, and you buy the best game made for the Wii U, which is Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag FE. What? It's a super, super weird Japanese role-playing game where you play a pop star who... Uh, a Jap- an up-and-coming Japanese pop star who can summon characters from the Fire Emblem series of games to act as, like, demon warrior things that fight for you. And when you fight, you, like, dress up in super weird rock star stage outfits and all the battle sequences are on stages with, like, weird crowds. The whole game's amazing. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. It's so good. It's all in Japanese with English uh, with English text, and like I don't like things with just subtitles. And I would 100 percent play that game from start to finish again. And I will when they do the inevitable Switch re-release because no one bought that game because it only came out on one console, and that console was the one that no one owns. On that note, my laptop just started making a really loud and distressing whirring sound, so, so I think it might be time to wrap things up. Right. <laughs> Sam, where can people find you on the internet if they want to come and stalk you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SGCH, which I'll spell out for you, which is Sierra Golf Charlie Hotel. You can tell that I used to work in a call centre. <laughs> That's pretty much the best place to follow me. You can follow me on Instagram, the same account. I do actually post shitloads of stuff on Instagram for no reason. <laughs> uh, my cat has an Instagram. It's at Barry Allen the cat. <laughs> Yeah, you probably just follow Barry's Instagram. He's probably the best one to follow. Barry is adorable, to be fair. Yeah, he's great. I posted a video of him yesterday, which has been watched like a billion times. It's a great video because it's him trying to get into a cupboard. And then like, I catch him in the act and he just looks really sheepish afterwards. Aww, I'm going to go and watch that. But yeah, so watch the 1970s, watch the 1970s Spider-Man TV show. That's the most important oh, part. brilliant segue. I'm 100% going to go and watch it right now. <laughs> to do that, why not join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group? <laughs> then you can see the video. That I Sam did it posted. and I don't regret yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's chock full of nerdy good times or something. Um, <laughs> you can also follow me at Stacey's Parlour on Twitter. And that's about it, actually. That's, those are the two places that I hang out more than anywhere else. You can also uh, leave reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and other places where you want to leave reviews if you want to. And don't forget to tune in to the Southampton Superpod on Saturday, the 25th of March. There'll be lots of podcasters live podcasting for 36 hours to raise money for charity because we're insane. Go to superpod.co.uk for more details on that. I think that's me. So on that note... Bye, listeners. Bye.
It's going down, fade to black street. The homies got at me, collab creations. Bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, that dog couldn't catch me. Tell me who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet. Giving them orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies Black Street and Teddy, the original rough shakers. Shutting it down, good lord. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around. Cover much ground, got game by the town. Getting paid is a forte, each and every day. True play away. I can't get her out of my mind. Wow. I think about the girl all the time. Wow, wow. East side to the west side, pushing fat rides, it's no surprise. She got tricks in the stash, stacking up the cash, fast when it comes to the gas. By no means average, it's on when she's got to have it. Baby, you're a perfect 10, I wanna get in, can I get down so I can I like the way you work, kid, no diggity. I got to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I got to bag it up. Bag it up, girl. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I got to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I got to bag it up. She's got class and style. She knowledge by the time.